the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. everyone and welcome to a special edition of a USL show episode. I am Ryan Allen joined by my co-host tonight, Pony. We've been playing through Football Manager 2020 recently. We both got into the game or at least got into this new version of the game that was released in November from Sports Interactive and we've been going through the Football Manager Forward Madison Challenge that was posted up a couple days. Pony, how have you been doing recently? I've been doing pretty good. I mean, it's new year and new football manager. It's been a long time since I've been playing this. Yeah, I've been stuck on uh, Football Manager 2017, and then my buddy uh, Colton, who actually made this database for the Ford Madison Challenge, bought me this game, so I'm incredibly thankful for him to buy me the game so we can actually start playing but it's certainly been an adjustment to try and move back up and get back into the swing of things i've actually been enjoying football manager a lot more than i've been enjoying fifa well i'm not a fifa person it's just i've never been that's the one of the video games i just have never been good at it's just frustrating i lose and lose and lose i've at least been able to do something positive in this and i just feel like with football manager you have more control over the team so when you actually do have your successes in the game it feels more earned rather than in like FIFA when it's just more kind of playing that I feel like I put in a lot more effort or we put in a lot more time and spent into building up your perfect teams, your perfect tactics and recruiting the best amount of players to build up your most success in football manager. That's an option. I didn't really put a lot of time into recruiting players, and that's kind of hurting me a bit in-game right now, but we'll be getting to that one. For sure. So just to give a little bit of a background on what we're talking about, oh, Colton Corsi, he built an incredibly good database in Football Manager that's 128 teams, four-tier regionalized American pyramid with promotion and relegation. So you have like an Eastern, a Central, a South, and a Western conference built of teams kind of in four separate conferences of eight teams each. Four conferences per each tier, and you can do pro rel between that. Then Forward Madison, the famous USL League One club, put out a challenge, basically a call to arms, if you will, for any manager who can take their side, for who can take the Mangoes into the top flight and win the American and Premier Division, will get a signed letter from their manager just congratulating them on their quest to the top flight forward madison in the game begins in the american championship division second tier central conference and pony and i have decided to take it upon ourselves as the statisticians and kind of stat gurus that we are to try and build forward madison into a powerhouse club to eventually win the american premier division we both started in the championship and we're gonna just in this episode, we're going to kind of recap and see where our seasons have gone so far from the first 10 matches of year one. Yep. Um, we want to start with what we did preseason move-wise. I think you're going to have a lot more on that than I will, but... Yeah, we'll dive into just kind of preseason move-wise 
Anyways, I guess the first thing that I definitely noticed with what Ford Madison and the way you really had to be like really smart with this was they had very little in the way of a transfer budget when you first started with the club. Yeah, that was why I think I kind of shied away from doing a lot of stuff as a staying in budgets key and with little budget, I just had a couple loan ins, loan outs is all I really did. Yeah, with Ford Madison, the board has a requirement that you have to be working within their payroll, which is almost it trumps everything else in their board requirements, that it's almost above of how you perform on the pitch, that if you can just survive financially as a club, that's what the board will be most satisfied with. Which is why diving into this, I feel like free transfers and loans, building up a loan army is going to be your best friend in this uh, game mode. And that was one thing I did not consider. I only brought in one player on loan and sent one out. <laughs> I actually, in my first season, since I actually did a write-up and had completed the first season already, and I've already dove into year two with uh, Twitch streams, but I'll just speak on year one. Currently, I actually took a massive amount of chances in the uh, transfer market of doing free transfers and loans. I really wanted to get loans going, and I actually tried to set up an affiliation. I actually eventually got one with NYCFC that didn't pan out in season, but free transfers definitely seem to benefit me in this season. Yeah, I, in the, let's look at names at least, in the preseason, the people, I'm sure of people who don't know anything about Madison, I'm not even sure if it's how true this is their current team. I sent out Diaz as a midfielder who was just at the bottom of my depth chart would get no time and I brought in a guy uh, left winger from Halifax up in the Canadian Premier League who actually has been a very very good person to bring in I think if I end up not getting promoted this year I'm probably going to just offer for his contract yeah and it's weird like on Twitter I saw that Ford Madison was very high on Christian Diaz and you said he actually got normal starting time in their team this past season, who actually they used him as a central back or a defensive uh, player at times. But as um, I did myself, I actually kept him on my bench for most of the season in year one and only sent him out on loan in year two, but I also didn't play him as much. So it's like a weird difference that they have between football manager and uh, the real life mangoes. Yeah, I think I sent him to a third-tier team in Mexico. We're just getting some playing time. It's still getting some playing time in that. It's something that a project that they can work towards this season, especially with a lot of your young players. Like, I think I have one U23 player that is definitely going to be a future product for the team that I sent out on loan just because it's better to get playing time. But as far as my preseason went, I did eight free transfers, which was basically incredible signings that completely overhauled the team just to kind of bump down to go down the entire list of it i did a free transfer basically in january february and march of the preseason i signed terrell Lowe, who's still currently on my team as a fantastic prospect going forward and then i looked for basically any previous like usl quality veteran player who i could kind of bring in and use as like a mercenary for this sign i made like looking forward at the team, I looked at that the defensive back line was something that definitely needing impro- needed improvement, particularly your right back and your left back. What do you? Uh, what would you say? Yeah, I actually brought in Parker Mayer, if you know, former Swope Park and St. Louis player, as my left back about a month into the season. He's been doing really well. I'm trying to wrangle up another defender since all my spoiler alert for 
moving forward, all my defenders got hurt within the same week. <laughs> so it's kind of been a, a problem right now for me. Yeah, it's been weird. The defensive back line has always been kind of a key area. I guess it's almost... You could, I'll jokingly say that since I support the team, it's like Tottenham. They're fantastic up at the front, but the defensive back line is just going to be a problem or a, a crucial spot to really get worked out. I say the keeper's good, but Sylvester's arguably my team MVP at this point of the season. Yeah, uh, Sylvester has been incredible. And at the start of my season in year one, he got injured, which meant I designed former Toronto FC2 keeper Mark Pace. Yeah, on free transfer to use him as a backup for most of the year, but he ended up starting the first three games of my year. But to get into the other players, I ended up signing Zach Portillo's former Tampa Bay Rowdies left as my left back. He's 27 in the game right now, which I thought was good. But then I got uh, Ben Noonan, Mark uh, Pais, uh, Jonathan Hernandez, Danny Garcia, who ended up being my transfer of the season, who's the midfielder, and Jonathan Barajo. Oh, those were kind of my uh, free transfers on the year. Yeah, I'm still looking around. I think I'm going to try to. I have. I think I looked up a budget of about forty thousand left. I'm, I might bring in another center back or right back, depending on how healthy these guys get, because those are still, like you said, weaker points for this team. And despite some injuries, I like my attacking. I saw right now ten games in the season. The average total goals scored per game for each team combined is one point eight. My team's at three point zero when I play. So. I mean, if we're the def- I have one, I have two shutouts and have been shut out twice all season through ten games. Yeah, I mean, this attack has just been simply incredible. Uh, Zaire Bartley is a beast in front of net, and he's a young player too at just twenty-one years old in the game. Then you have star player Paolo Junior, J.C. Banks, just all leading the forward or Madison uh, lineup. Yeah, actually, injuries again. Bartley just went down for about a month in my in my season, so Banks has really not been matched. But he's coming in. I agree with Paulo Junior's uh, amazing player in this game. I mean, he's one of the one of the MVPs of the team. And Bartley, with just a little, especially if he could finish a little bit better, that's been a problem in mine. Is he actually scores in only like half of his one on ones with the keeper? But I like I like his future moving forward. Yeah, and he certainly seemed to have had promise throughout my first season that I had with uh, Ford Madison. And but like you said, that he has his games where it's like he's either banging in and braces or hat tricks, or he just doesn't find the back of the net. And then I get questions about that in post game of like, oh, Zaire Bartley didn't have quite the game, and I was like, well, you can't expect him to have of that game on but let's move on basically in the preseason in the first year i it was loaded up with friendlies obviously we both accepted the u23s friendly which i think is a default setting as you come in as a new head coach i won that one of five to one yeah i had a forward win in that one my preseason was good but i didn't play a lot of good teams so yeah pre- that might have been why preseason was fantastic i took up uh I guess the biggest results I can kind of take away from my preseason was I took a 3-2 victory over Miami FC and then a 5-2 win over a Flint City Bucks. Yeah, well, I, the biggest, the only team I actually recognized in my preseason was Swope Park, who I drew 2-2. But apart from that, I beat another Madison team, the 56ers, 6-0. And, I mean, apart from... I'm trying to do calculations real quick. I think I played eight preseason games and had about a 
plus 23 goal differential, only allowing four with no losses and only one draw. But yeah, that was the high point of the season was the preseason. Yeah, I, I think through my preseason games, I played eight as well, and I only allowed six goals and only had one defeat, and that was to a very good Chicago Fire team that came into Madison to play each other. And I was thrilled just to get a 1-0 loss in that instance because they were lining up with uh, Bastien Feinsteiger. And oddly enough, they signed Sergino Dest in this game mode. It was just weird to see the Ajax defender lining up for Chicago Fire in this uh, save. Yeah, it's weird to see a lot of some of the two teams' players are just showing up on really unusual teams here and there. Yeah, and I can imagine as we go forward in this save, because this will certainly be a multi-season project to get Ford Madison to winning the top flight, that we'll just see more and more odd players signing for each team. Yeah, I forget who. I think on, the, on mine, I think it's uh, Memphis has Brandon Allen now. Yeah, that uh, Brandon Allen was playing for Memphis in my game mode as well. It's probably the default he starts on that team now. I would imagine. He seems like he's been... Uh, he, especially speaking of the other teams in the division, and let's at least kind of get out of the way of who else that we're kind of going up against in the uh, Central Conference for the ACD. So basically a few of the other teams that Madison will be playing in their first conference will be Indy 11, St. Louis FC, Memphis 901, Louisville City, Detroit City, Lansing, and the Michigan Stars. Yeah, it's a good smattering of teams. I mean, it's uh, four teams and, well, yeah, four up in USL Championship and two USL 1 teams. Yeah, and then Detroit City certainly no slouch down in the MPSL or now and sorry, NISA, and then Mission Stars. It's obviously another NISA side coming in, but it seems like in both of our saves that Michi- the Stars have been the weakest side in, in, for either of us. Yeah, although they did beat me once when I had... It was one of those games where, like, where you outshoot someone completely and then just lose 2-1. Yeah, I mean, I guess before we kind of dive into uh, the season, uh, let's just at least start. What kind of formation did you lo- choose to line up Madison in for... Um, team uh i actually started because i didn't sign until i signed mayor i was doing like a three four three and now that i have him when people are healthy again not right now i'm doing more of a four four one one setup yeah i actually started that as a four four one one setup and i not to discourage you or anything but through the month of march i only had one victory and Basically, the six matches that I played, and that was in the league, the Open Cup match that I beat the uh, Flint City Bucks 1-0 in extra time, who I beat in the preseason 5-2. That was the only goal that I scored in the month of March in those like, first couple matches. i say March was good for me offensive, but really bad defensive. Although I did actually end up with an okay uh, two-win, one-draw, two-loss season in, I guess, this division-wise. Of, of, uh, actually, no. There would be two wins, one loss, one draw in league play. By the end of March, uh, my Madison team was sitting in eighth place, which with a dismal one point in the league because I managed to claw out a nil-nil result against Detroit City on opening day. 
I just knew at that point that the 4411 was not working for me and I needed to make a change. So in the middle of the Michigan Stars match in April, I switched over to the 4231. I say it's worked for me. So actually, since switching to well, I think I think a lot of us just bring in mirror. But since that, I've actually been doing a lot better. I moved again, somewhat maybe spoilers how we're doing. But I moved from seventh place up to fourth place in the meantime. Yeah, I mean by the t- and the top four is breaking away, and at least in my play. Yeah, by the time I reached the end of April, with I think uh, eight matches played, I was up to fifth with eleven points. So it certainly seemed like it improved. And I actually went unbeaten through April in all competitions and only allowed one goal, and that was in a 1-1 draw with St. Louis. Yeah, April started bad for me, but since then, I'm including cup, cup, cup runs. I'm unbeaten in my last five. So Were you able to get past the uh, first round of the League Cup because I unfortunately exited that, to Birmingham, the ACD the Championship M- Division Cup? Uh, I lost to Charlotte on an extra time goal. <sighs> I've lost some penalties to Birmingham. It, it it just seems like that tournament is just so difficult because you're playing teams that are relatively on your level and you're not beating up on sides in the Open Cup. Like I beat Flint City in the first round and then I beat Lane United of Eugene, Oregon in the Open Cup second Ooh. round. <laughs> How do you get that lucky playing someone like that in the Open Cup second round? I don't know. I had, But I had to travel on the road, and what I love from football managers, they always do the attendance statistics, and they always provide, in parentheses, how many away fans there are at these matches. And in Eugene, Oregon, there were seven Ford Madison away fans at the match. <laughs> I say, so far, my Open Cup's done okay. I beat Albuquerque 6-1 and then beat Hartford 2-0. So I'm on to the third round where I'm going to be playing the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. That's actually a really decent one. I'm trying to see eventually how far I had made it. Yeah, the, it certainly seems like with Ford Madison, and they always have the minimum requirements of making the second round of the Open Cup, or I think that was what was the championship division requirements. It may have moved up yeah, to make the third round. Beat, beat a bad team. Yeah, if, if you're losing to basically lead two sides in this save... That's certainly not a fantastic look for the team. But I've noticed with like their League Cup sides that they their requirement is always just be competitive, not necessarily advance. Just like give it your best shot. But it seems like the board isn't like taking that in the game's opinion that the board isn't highly valuing that tournament. Yeah, it's just don't don't embarrass yourself yeah and is i think it, what i did of just losing to birmingham on pks is relatively respectable in this season yeah and like i said i mean the board wasn't thrilled by lost and i think it was like a 90 second minute goal to charlotte but they weren't too upset about it yeah and, and i think what's key with a lot of this is how you talk to the players at pre-game halftime and post-game and your uh just kind of pep talks that seems to be like a massive part of football manager that i distinctly remember but still need to kind of like relearn and get the hang of yeah i'm okay i don't usually piss off players but i don't always make them really happy yeah it's interesting especially with the uh how they structure up your kind of like post-game talks of like, oh, just appreciate their efforts. Like it's easy when you win. It's difficult when you take defeats of like, oh, you gave it your best shot or I, I'm disappointed in you guys or I expected better or something like that. 
it seems like if you lose someone who's really bad, the disappointed actually does work really well. Yeah, disappointed actually works really well. But if you lose to someone who's like better than you, doing like I'm disappointed in your result, always seems to have like a counterintuitive thing or a counterintuitive output. Yeah, it's yeah, it's one where I usually I usually only say that if I was really if I actually said we should if I if I legitimately think we should have won a game, then I'll say that. Yeah. Now, what I always do to kind of help, like, gauge what the kind of pep talk I should give in post-game it would be, it would be kind of based off of what the odds were or pre-match. If you look at those and you're favored and you end up losing the match, any pep talk should be you're disappointed. If you look at the odds and you're uh, basically an underdog or about uh, relatively close to what the team is, then just say, I appreciate the effort. Yeah, it's... It's hard. I mean, like I said, I usually don't. The time I've, I've the most, I usually make people upset when I talk to them, or when I say you've done good in training recently, and then they go, "I don't deserve praise," and get upset and walk away. Yeah, I had that like, happen to me once, and I was like, "Oh, okay. If you don't want me to praise you, that's fine." I'd have. I've had, I've had that happen a few times. Where it's like, I'm this one, like, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna stop praising people. Yeah, although it, I do feel like uh, the players who perform well. Oh, for instance, the, uh, Zaire Bartley actually performed well further down the stretch for me when he wasn't injured, but we'll get to that in a future podcast. Uh, that if they're performing well on the pitch, I find that praising them in training actually does work well for their morale. That's good. I know I had a problem with morale at one point on my team because we had to, I had a really bad stretch for a point. Where at one point over run of six games i had one win one draw and four losses nice that that sounds like my march for uh, the season yeah and they're all they're all one goal losses but at the same time it was a bad run and that was i was like i was getting concerned because even the board was saying like where you see the players are upset i'm like well we're losing one goal games what do you want me to do <laughs> again i our only goal from this is not to get fired and have to start the process entirely have to start the entire process all over again my team just needs consistency because it plays good at times and it plays really bad at times. And I simply... I mean, not to go into too far into spoilers of how the, my league's doing right now, but Louisville is currently the one seed and I've played them twice, have a win and a draw. So, oh, oh, in my season, I had Indy 11 and Memphis 901 were the two like best teams in the division at the time. For me, Memphis has started to struggle in mine. But Indy is... Well, I'll just go first to eighth in mine after 10 games. Is Louisville's up first with 20 points. Second is Indy with 19 points. Lansing's in third with 18. I'm with Madison in fourth with 17. Small drop down to St. Louis in fifth, who's at 14. Bigger drop down to Memphis down in sixth with 10 points. Then you finish off with Detroit nine points and Michigan with five points and a spectacular minus five gold def- minus 15 gold differential after 10 games so I'm uh, basically I'll kind of tell what were where my June uh, section was I had played 13 matches at the time so it's, it's only three ahead of you just to kind of give a comparison but in first I had Indy 11 at 31 points just basically running Dang. away with the top uh, they had only had two losses at the time. In second, I had myself, a forward Madison, tie, only ahead on goal differential as we were tied on points at 19. So Indy 11 had built up an 11-point 
or sorry, a 12-point gap over where we were. I was tied on points with Memphis and St. Louis. And then in fifth, I had Louisville. In sixth, I had Detroit City at 17. In seventh, I had Lansing at 17. Louisville in fifth had at 18. So from second to seventh, they were separated by two points. And then I had the Michigan Stars in eighth at five points. Yeah, Michigan seems to be the one who's doomed to go down it, in this league. I mean, they're almost just kind of set up for failure. Maybe they can get sixth, but yeah. They're, again, they're almost set up for failure, and I actually hated every time that I asked. I, I loved that I played Michigan to get those kind of easy results, but their goalkeeper was Eric Ati, who's a former Wilmington Hammerheads keeper. I've actually seen him play in real life, and I hated every time that I scored like three or four goals past Michigan, just at that point, they almost just seemed halfless. Yeah, when when I, they actually, like I said, they beat me 2-1 early in the season on my really bad stretch run, and he had an eight-safe game for that one. Yeah, and he's a good keeper. He just happens to be kind of placed on a relatively kind of just poor side. Yeah, I think I, I beat Michigan like 4-0 at one point in the season. I actually beat them 5-0 in the second second match against them, so that at least worked out well. You should definitely at some point check out the attendances for any uh, Michigan Stars match because it'll be guaranteed the lowest in the conference because they only have a maximum capacity of 750. And I think I saw from the season, the first season I played with them, they had uh, basically a lowest attendance of 125 people. Oof. That's honestly just like counting every single player, the support staff for everyone and just anyone who's doing concessions in the stadium yeah that's not a not a not something you want to see on that one yeah that's not anything but i also don't end up seeing what the crowd looks like when i play the games because i always do all my games on 2d classic camera i just do the default one so i can kind of see what the players look like they're doing quote unquote but at times it's just it's it's frustrating at times where you see like the oh look the goal like I know one of the games I I, I lost to Memphis two nil on my center back getting picked one on one and there's a walk in goal and then a deflection own goal. It's like the really I lose two zero for that. I don't know. I, that's why I always do the two D classics because a I have a four year old laptop and I need to actually run it on as smooth of a game as possible. But that's a newer laptop than mine. <laughs> But B, it just seems like there's more realistic stuff. Like any of the goals that I lost on in this season, I was losing to who either they dribble the length of the pitch like Huming Sun did for Tottenham against Burnley, or they like take shots outside the box. It just seems more realistic or a smoother play than kind of the choppy uh, TV camera, uh, football manager camera angle. Yeah, I mean, it works both ways. Like I've, it's. It's hard to see how much we really think this is a good representation of what's going on and what isn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're playing on a fantasy <laughs> uh, database right now that has promotion and relegation for or, or teams like the Michigan Stars of a 750 capacity. You could very well find themselves playing in the top flight next season. Yeah. And, I mean, let's, let's not knock FM too much. I mean, sure, it looks like you're—I mean, if you showed someone this game 20 years ago and said— this is the next FIFA version. They probably go, okay, I buy this, but 
It looks it looks like an old game when you watch a game actually happening, but behind the scenes, it has so much stuff going on. Yeah, it, it has like endless amounts of things going on that it's really one of the most. It's the deepest database that I know of for any sports video game. Period. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, I think the only thing that could really match what Football Manager does currently or produces as a product would be like out of the park baseball or any of the baseball like Stratomatic games. I can't speak to baseball games. That's <laughs> that's nowhere near anything I touch. That's not. I was just trying to give an example. But at least after the first ten matches of the season, is there a certain or? element of your team that you are trying to improve and i know since uh, you're currently in may of your playthrough or is there some spot you're looking up forward to when the summer transfer window opens on july 1st center backs <laughs> i mean center backs is it period because like i said my well looking at my team's injury report i mean bartley's out for a little bit over a month then one of my center backs is out for about the same time, and my other one is out for about a week and is one card away from being suspended for a game. So I'm going to be forced to play Maher kind of as a center back, bring out my other wing back as a center back, and then put four def- four mids, dropping three of them to be defensive mids, and just hope for a draw against Lansing. So I like my attacking, though. I mean, Bartley's great. Paulo Jr.'s great. Banks is good. The guy I brought on on loan from the Canadian team is doing really good as a left back or a left winger, even though, spoiler for anyone who plays football manager, if you say you're going to play someone in their position, it means 100% without a doubt their position if you take them on loan. Because I brought him as a, as a left winger. I said, yeah, I'll play him there. I saw he was a better inverted left winger. So I moved him to that. And the club threatened to recall him because I wasn't playing him in a, and as a plain left winger. It's really finicky on how they do with loan agreements and everything. I actually, I love how transfer windows and loans end up happening because I actually was trying to talk to Manchester City about Daniel Grimshaw. Oh, their fourth choice keeper, because they offered him up on loan. And I'd like kind of toss my hat into the ring. I'd like, yeah, let's see what he happens. Manchester City wouldn't even take my call. Well, yeah, I mean... Why would Manchester City answer Forward Madison's call? Let's not for, let's not knock Forward Madison here. They're a fantastic club, yeah, and I'm very appreciative club, of them doing this challenge. They're a great club, but if they called Manchester City, they're probably going to fix the telemark. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's one thing that I've enjoyed with seeing, like getting the transfer stuff, because the way I have my game set up, it only makes the American leagues playable and just kind of simulates, quote unquote. Any other league in the world that's not in the United States, so it kind of does the results that you expect. Like your Manchester City, your Liverpool is going to dominate in England. Your Bayern Munich will dominate in Germany. So if you look towards Europe, those normal clubs will play well. But you can search for through any of those clubs and ask for any of those players on loan, on transfer, or if they end their contracts. And there'll be some yeah, players. I'll need to get better at that. Yeah. And there'll be some players who will be willing to listen to fees, and there'll be some who won't even kind of take your call. Yeah, I just need to decide what I'm going to do for the rest of this season. Well, if I win the next Open Cup game, it'll make it a lot easier because I'll get more money. But 
I need to figure out if I need to bring in a center back or bring in a right back because those are my two weakest spots and I'm eyeing people on both ends right now. From my recommendations, I'd say the right back has been that key position that kind of sets you up for a large portion of your future. Connor Tobin will take up one of those center back positions. He's been a loyal part of the side going forward. Yeah, he's hurt. <laughs> he's, he's hurt for the next week and is a cry away from being suspended for me. Yeah. In that case, then you probably, a center back would probably definitely be the best part. But if with a healthy Connor Tobin assuming, right back it always seemed to be the better stuff because at least with center back, they're, they can play competently. If you're, if any of your right or left backs play poorly, they can get exposed on the wings. Yeah, and that's been a problem with my team is that it gets hit really badly on the counterattacks. Yeah, I notice that every single time they pull up a highlight and I see the other team with possession of the ball, I was like, oh, God, this isn't good. Yeah, my fear is when, he, when it pulls up a highlight and the other team is throwing it in from their half the field, I'm like, oh, no. This is a them. This is them about to score on me again. Or any time uh, I have to do a, fr- a goal kick, it sends in. It's like, why would they be showing me a goal kick for my own half? Like, oh, wait, they're going to take possession of the ball and they're going to move forward with it. I had one preseason. Let me see if I can fight. Uh, yeah, I, I beat Madison 56ers 6 nothing in the preseason. And I think four of my goals were them having a goal kick and it just kind of intercepted at midfield and hit it on the counter. It was just like, the, okay, well... Their goalie can't get the ball to their own team. Yeah, it was like Sheffield United's own, or one goal they had against West Ham earlier today that it was just a miscommunication between the goalkeeper and the defender that was uh, tossed in. Yeah, it's there's there's some weird goals in this game. Yeah, I see and that. Some glitches. Every once in a while, when it goes to replay, it just shows the ball moving and nobody on the field. <laughs> That's, I don't know what size like that. Well, okay, I don't know who has the ball, who's scoring, and it just usually it's not a goal, but it's just a, well, okay, the ball's moving. That's why I've disabled uh, replays in my game, and it just seems to make the game go by faster, especially hey, when you get to kind of matches that you're going to lose. If I concede a goal, I don't want to see the replay. I don't want to relive the misery of conceding a goal. Well, I skipped the replay of the highlight, usually. Yeah, I don't. I skip the replay of the highlight, but I always watch the highlight. Just I don't want to just simulate matches onwards to just see final results. I actually want to live and breathe with this team. Yeah, then it gets stressful and it gets down to near the end of the game, which usually means I'm about to give up a goal. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> I think I probably ten games of the season. I think I, including cut play, I probably have like a minus five goal differential with the 85, 85th minute on. It's just I'm always giving up that late goal. It's a weird uh, just kind of spark of, for, of not Fort Madison, a football manager that they always need to make games intense. Like, I can never, like, sit back and rest on my laurels for any one match. Yeah, it's, it's goals of plenty. I have one zero zero draw all season. Yeah, it, it, it's... But overall, for, Football Manager has been a really fun game, and I've been excited that we've been able to kind of just do this forward Madison challenge. I definitely want to try and find a way to, because uh, you can put in other te- teams into this game mode, or you can take over other teams. I want to find a way to put the Wilmington Hammerheads in League 2 and try and turn them into a Premier D. De- premier division club just build them up as like a series and i know you wanted to take over sacramento brian cook of no mean soccer and in the 11 
fame had basically he recommend he's been playing football manager since 2011 per his twitters he basically recommended that if you're going to do a, like a first time team in this game take control of a team that you love or a team that you know very well I mean, that makes sense. I I had some knowledge of Ford Madison coming into it. Like, I, Paulo Jr. was a name I knew. Yeah. Which was nice. Sylvester, Connor Tobin. Yeah, I was kind of learning who everyone was through the season and seeing who I wanted to keep, seeing who I wanted to move on to with transfers. And you'll definitely learn through like the season. Yeah. Although I know, like you said, yeah, I also do have an under-23 coming up in mind who's starting to get some playing time on the main team. Yeah, definitely take advantage of that under-23 stuff. Uh, I will say, is it the same player for you? Is it uh, Vita is his first name? Uh, yes, the one with the last name that is a... I can't, I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to try either. Vita is his v- first name. Vital, that was Vital, right? Yeah, McCall. Or, so. Yeah, Vital. Yeah, he got, he's been gaining a little bit of playing time for me. Yeah, I actually kept him on my U23s for pretty much the entire season and only brought him up at the end of the year. Let's see, he's had three appearances for me. Yeah. Through 10 games. Always a sub, but... We'll see. My my under-23s have been getting destroyed. Yeah, my under-23s haven't been quite as prolific as my uh, top-flight team. Yeah, my under twenty threes I think are I, I I need to see where they're at now, but early in the season they were they have not been in a good spot really. I guess getting your gauging your kind of just to kinda of start wrapping things up here, or given how your first ten matches go in the season, would have been and have you needed to readjust your expectations or going forward, has there been something that has worked well that it has shocked you that it's worked so well or that you thought would work better that's kind of disappointed you that it hasn't worked as well I mean I wish the defense was better that's been a problem for me and I mean you know me on the podcast I like strong defenses and that is not Madison's strong point the least but so far this season Lily ball but yeah that's that's not happening it's been more like Red Bull's two ball <laughs> Red Bulls, who's well, got a I mean, championship out of that. Yeah, I mean, I expect to be top four. I don't necessarily expect to get promoted, especially if I can't make a couple signings to bolster that back line and improve my depth. But we'll see. I Like I said, at this point, it's my goal is to finish top four, hold on to that, and maybe sneak into that second seed. Yeah, that seems to be the kind of board's expectations. Like, you should... Madison is not the worst team in this conference. That's Michigan Stars there. And their expectations yeah. have been you need to be a mid-table side. And finishing fourth through fifth is certainly doable. Yeah, anything worse than – you shouldn't be finishing worse than sixth in this one. Yeah. Although, well, it's going to be spoiler for moving forward. I kind of want to ask you this at some point is how are the teams that got relegated out of the top tier doing in the second tier? I'll have to definitely check on that in my uh, yeah. save. I don't. We don't have enough time on this podcast yeah. for me to. Yeah, we don't have enough time. I'm, I'm wondering if they got like a big parachute fund and they're just just completely wrecking the second tier now. Should I at least? I guess since we're referring to that, we could check that later. Yeah, we could check that later. I don't have to spoil. Maybe we can where, do this like once a week. Yeah, I, I won't spoil where I currently am at in my season and year two of the save, unless you truly want me to say where I'm at. We'll. Yeah, we could we could get to that once I get at the end of the season. Yeah. Then I think you could say, "Hey, I'm around here." 
at the because I think you're able to play through this quicker than I can. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping this week to get through. Well, this weekend, maybe get into through July, something like that. We certainly have enough time left. I'm currently in around March of year two of the safe, so I'm trying to target getting to June uh, through this weekend. Yeah, my goal is July. That will get me through most of the season, actually. That will leave me with, like, ten games left. But we'll see. If I get... I'm just looking, hoping I get the Open Cup win, because this is the round that all the MLS teams come in, and I avoided all of them. Yeah, I think even through uh, round four, you should be able to kind of be lucky and avoid any of the MLS sides. Because I drew, in the third round of the Open Cup, I drew the uh, Oakland Roots. I don't know why I was on such a West Coast binge that I played Flint City first round, Lane United, and then the Oakland Roots in the uh, third round. That's not bad. I mean, I that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly. I mean, that's a perfect. A decent, I mean, for me, I'm looking at yeah, I'm going to be playing Pittsburgh in the third round, who is currently sitting in fourth place in theirs. It looks like. Oh, that's interesting. I'm played. I played everyone from that conference. <laughs> Charlotte's in second and beat me in the in the first cup. I beat Hartford, who's in sixth, and now I'm playing Pittsburgh, who's in fourth. Is I guess Lily Ball is not working as well as the game thinks. Yeah, they they have a winning. Well, no, they have actually have a losing record, but a positive goal differential. They must be losing by like a, a game or by losing by a goal. Yeah, that has to be certainly a weird setup for the uh, team. But going forward, we plan on checking in on these sides and continuing on with our Ford Madison save. We may even start a few other saves of our own to just try and mix things up and because it does get monotonous after a while if we just continuously play match after match after match with Football Manager. Yeah, I think it could get like, for me, it's like three games in, then I get bored and want to go do something else. Yeah, I got that. I think at one point, there was one day I actually played through the first season. I got to around August, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break, and then I'll come back to it. And like three hours later, I was like, oh, God, I want to go back. I want to finish off the season. So I went back and actually finished off the season in one sitting right there. So it definitely shows you how addicting this game is. And Colton actually uh, texted into our Soccer and Sweet Tea a Slack chat basically saying that I just downloaded Football Manager Mobile, so oh, you can now play it anywhere you go. Yeah, that that's 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 recipes to get me fired at work. <laughs> I mean, that's not happening. He even said, "Well, if I get fired from work, that just frees up more time to play Football Manager." <laughs> and you get that sweet, sweet unemployment check. <laughs> you can become a Football Manager streamer. Yes. Life goals right there. I actually uh, saw a uh, article on the uh, Reddit, uh, Soccer subreddit of some guy. I think it was in, God, it was in the Balkans. I can't recall the country, but he actually managed to land a job at his favorite club due to his ex- excessive knowledge of football manager. Um, hold on. I'm trying to find something real quick. Ramp for a second. You see what Nutmeg did this morning? Oh, yeah, I saw the uh, Nutmeg article that Ford Madison is basically shuttering its first team to become an e-football club. Yeah, well, you should go... If you haven't guarded the article, Nutmeg News this morning released an article called 
Forward Madison staff abandons management of USL one side to focus on forward Vaughn football manager save. <laughs> Very good. Go take a look at that. Very good article. Nutmeg News is the onion of U.S. soccer. Yep. And that sometimes we hate how realistic and, and how oh, almost real-life headlines they are. But that's U.S. soccer for you. It's never at all moment. Yeah. Most of the time, at least. Most of the time. We'll have our zero-zero draws. Yeah, most of the time. We'll have those odd results and those uh, dull weekends, but overall... And two months to kick off. Yeah, two months to kick off. 50 days till the MLS season. USL starts up in March, but I think this will be a very... March 6th. I'm so disappointed they aren't starting like a week earlier so we can get the first ever February 29th USL matches. (laughs) Say, but yeah, the first game is March sixth, and I am already officially taking a half day on that day so I could be home for the matches. In fact, March because it's, I think it's East Coast games that always start like three o'clock my time. Yeah, and on March fifth, we'll still get the uh, Friday night starters. I think there are two West Coast games. I can't recall the first one, but I know the second one is the annual tradition of Tacoma Defiance hosting a uh, starting up season match that they've now done for the second year in a row. Yeah, uh, that'll be good to talk with everyone about those as we get closer. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, Pony, uh, where can people find you on the Twitters? Always on Twitter, at USL underscore Pony, the much more professional name I've taken on in the last year. (laughs) And you can find me on Twitter, at ILM underscore Ryan. We plan on doing a bit more of these kind of just football manager check-ins about once every week going forward in the off season and then maybe end the season just kind of as a fun podcast or fun uh check-in but you can expect the rest of us uh evan and phil to kind of join back in on the usl show to talk off-season transfer moves the uslpa cba the schedule drop anything and just getting started for the season Uh, around this week i think we agreed to uh january 16th which will be next thursday yeah next Yep, next Thursday we're going to try to do something as long as nothing changes between then and now. Yep, so we're planning on just getting back in the swing of things. It's been a long off-season since Real Monarchs lifted the title at the start of the year, at the end of last Thank season. You. So winning So winning the draft with that pick. <laughs> Not only that, but getting the title back into the Western Conference where it has been uh, absent since 2014 in Sacramento when, they still, when there wasn't even a Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, the Western Conference has been, needs to step up its game. I mean, we've gotten some new teams, but the MLS 2 teams have been carrying all the weight come postseason. <laughs> yep, but we are looking forward to the uh, start of the season. But until then, as Evan has recalled, there's only one rule here at the USL show, and that's don't be a dick. I thought it was half another beer, <laughs> but okay. Either one, but thank you guys for tuning in. Do both. Do both.